0: Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you're looking for a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them as a business, but they're small enough to do it in a personal way, I think Renaissance is your ticket. Now, I know this from working with Renaissance bankers myself with clients, and they do great work. And if you want to know more, go to RenaissanceBank.com, find one of their local offices, and give them a call. And what you'll find is real people answer the phone. Imagine that in this day of banking, um, impersonal banking that we have. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Allison Zavadi. Allison is with Lanier Supportive Medicine. Allison, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being here. So let's talk a little bit about you and your work. How are you serving folks out there?
1: Olinear well, linear supportive medicine is a medical practice. I'm a physician who specializes in palliative medicine, and I started the practice to help people with serious illness and um, help them live well, be that with symptom management, understanding their medical illnesses, um, anything that they need to um, help them cope with what they're dealing with.
0: You know, before I met you, I'm not sure I knew what palliative medicine was. So, and I dare say that a lot of our listeners may not know what it is. So let's define, let's be clear on what palliative medicine is all about.
1: Okay. It's an extra layer of support for people living with serious medical illnesses, mm-hmm. be that cancer, COPD, heart failure, mm-hmm. dementia. Um, we can help Keep people where they want to be living in place with fewer er visits um we help with the symptom management Where i'm here so that they can call me when there's a problem
0: mm-hmm. and why do am i not able to have that kind of care from my specialist for, let's say my cancer specialist right i mean what's the talk about the difference
1: it's it's more of a holistic way of um treating a patient mm-hmm. and caring for a patient. Um, we talk about what's important to the patient. What are their goals? What are their family's goals? Where are the stresses? Mm. And how can we help? You know, because being sick, you've got a lot going on. You're in in the hospitals, you're getting treatment, you know, you're spending a lot of time away from home mm-hmm. and it's stressful. Mm. We help People cope with the stress in whatever way they need.
0: Yeah, I mean that. I'm trying to ask three questions at one time, so I need to slow down. Um, What What you're talking about is um, I hate this term because it's so overused and it means different things to different people. But quality of life,
1: quality of life, while people are getting. Uh, aggressive medical care
0: right right yeah and does that um the the illness they have does it have to be a life-threatening illness or can it be something that um
1: serious illness so something it's not ter- necessarily terminal okay um if they have cancer and they're going for a cure mm-hmm. um, but neither symptoms managed while well, that all is happening mm-hmm. we can help with that
0: Got it. Now, let let, let me uh, take a uh, sidestep here and just talk a little bit about you. You have uh, been in this field for a long time uh, with a lot of different institutions. In fact, you have started uh, palliative medicine care at some big hospitals around here, right?
1: Yeah, I started um, the palliative care uh, consultation programs in the hospitals for both Wellstar Health System and Northside Hospitals.
0: Wow. So, talk about why that's important that hospitals offer that kind of service.
1: Well, you know, that if I look back on my life, when I look back on my life, Mm -hmm. my proudest achievement would be starting that program at WellStar. Because it's helping people in the hospitals. They don't even know they need it, and it's going to be there forever. Mm. Yeah. You know, people need um, the support. Of talking through hard decisions, mm-hmm. and the palliative care programs not only help with the symptom management in in the oncology floors and the heart failure floors, but we're also in the intensive care units, mm-hmm. and we help families make um, medical decisions about their loved ones. Yeah, when it's needed.
0: Um. Why palliative medicine for you? I mean, you you are a medical professional, long experience. I mean, what got you interested in this field to begin with Among all, out of all the medical disciplines you could have gotten into?
1: Well, I started out in internal medicine. Okay. So I was an internist here in private practice for seven years. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed was there was like this hole. When I uh, diagnosed somebody with heart failure or cancer, they went to the specialist, and I didn't see them back as often, and it felt like there was something missing for the patients. And um, I covered for a partner when he was on vacation, for, and I was a medical director for a hospice for a week, mm-hmm. and I liked it. So I was Googled it, and I stumbled onto palliative care. I had never heard of it. Mm. Didn't exist— as palliative care in 1995 when I came out of residency.
0: Did not exist. Did not exist. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, So in 2002, when I stumbled on it, I'm like, this is exactly what I want to do. This is Mm. what people need. Right. And I um, left my internal medicine practice and did a fellowship.
0: Wow. That's cool. Um, That's very interesting because why do you think – the need for palliative med- medical care has um, blossomed in the last you know twenty thirty years what we're talking about why Why is that?
1: The need has always been there, but we never we as a medical community mm-hmm. never realized it mm. so um, medicine is kind of siloed palliative care it arches over all of it. Mm. And so as the, and as the population ages and more people are living longer with serious illnesses, there's more of a need for it.
0: Does, does the complexity of the healthcare system have anything to do with it?
1: Yeah. The healthcare system is difficult to navigate for anyone, including myself with my parent, my own parents. Mm -hmm. Um, and people don't know what choices they have. Mm. Uh, or they get mixed messages from their doctors. Because the cardiologist will say the heart's okay. The nephrologist will say the kidneys aren't. Well, what does that mean for a patient? Mm. Right? Yeah. Or the oncologist says, uh, we can give palliative chemo or palliative immunotherapy. What that's that, does that really mean for the patient? And uh, prognosis and quality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I might not have all those answers, but I can call each individual specialist and find out because mm-hmm. they'll talk to me since I'm a doctor. They'll give me their straight scoop.
0: Mm. Got it. Got it. Um, y- yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what is it that well, maybe that's the question, maybe the way to ask the question, I should say, is this. How do I know when I need your services? What are, what are the things I should be looking for in myself or my loved one?
1: Well, if you are confused about what's going on and you need to know what to expect, mm-hmm. and that doesn't just include the patient, but the family members need to know what to expect. Mm-hmm. If your symptoms aren't being managed, um pain, shortness of breath, nausea, if you can't sleep, you're anxious, depressed, um, and you're not getting felt like you're being heard by your specialists who are treating their problem, Um, that's something that we can help with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, making medical decisions if you need some help, or if you need to know what questions to ask your physician, yeah, because a lot of people don't know what questions to ask to get the information that they really want to be able to
0: yeah, and sometimes the information comes fast and furious, right i mean the 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 doctor delivers this information in a pretty quick way, and it's pretty deep and and confusing to a non medical person,
1: right? And very short conversation mm-hmm. in general.
0: Yeah. Um. So, do you are you alongside individuals when they visit the doctor? No. Okay. No,
1: I see individuals in my office, mm-hmm. uh, and before I see them, uh, the um, specialist. Uh, facts, the medical history, the labs, the scans. Um, so I have everything from the specialist so that I can sit down and answer questions. My first, the first time I see a patient generally takes 90 minutes.
0: Mm. Okay. And that involves what, 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 what happens in that conversation?
1: That conversation is, um, the full medical history, I, it's me, myself, and I at the practice. So I am the administrator. Mm. I am the uh, nurse. I am the doctor. You're easy to reach, in other words. In other words, I'm very easy to reach.
0: (laughs) Good. Well, people want that, right?
1: Right. I I had, I had a patient who called 911 and FaceTimed me at the same time. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't even know it could happen, but it did because my office number goes to my cell phone. Mm. So, yes, I am easy to reach, and that's okay. This is a part-time practice. I have the time for my patients, Mm -hmm. and I want them to know that and know that I care about what's going on with them.
0: How much of your practice is simply um, not necessarily what you know, but how you um, sit with people and bedside manner? Um, you strike me as being very easy to talk to. You have a very uh, calm demeanor about you. I mean, um, and that's not necessarily what people confront when they come into the medical world, right? Right. So how how much is it just simply having a, a, someone to lean
1: on? I think that's a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoy being able to help people Mm -hmm. and walk them through the decisions. Uh, When that patient went to the ER, I was on the phone with the kids, the adult children, Mm -hmm. kind of walking them through with the ER physician. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do? What aren't we going to do? And, and, and. It worked out well for everybody, the physicians, the patient, obviously, the family. Mm -hmm. Um, And it worked out well for me because I love doing
0: it. Mm, That's cool. Allison Zavodny is with us, folks. She is with Lanier Supportive Medicine. That's her own practice. Um, So do do the uh, doctors view you as um, in an antagonistic way or in a partner way? I I'd can like, see how it works work out both ways. It works out both ways.
1: Okay. Um, doctors that don't understand what I do um, are afraid mm-hmm. to ask me to see their patients. Mm-hmm. Um, but doctors that understand what I do, I, I want to work as a colleague with them. Mm-hmm. I send them my note after I see their patient. Um, I'll call if there's a concern. If I don't understand something or want to know what their plans are for care, I will call them up. They have my cell phone; I have theirs, mm-hmm. and it works well. Yeah. Um, and and I know the physicians here in the area. You know, a lot of the oncologists that I know retired um, because you know COVID came and they they were old enough to to mm-hmm. leave. So there's a lot of younger oncologists out there that. Um, Need to meet me.
0: Uh do you get referrals from I get, specialists like that?
1: Yes. Okay. I get referrals from the oncologists, the cardiologists, uh, and the pulmonologists, and I get referrals from people that say you need to see Doctor mm-hmm. Uh Patients with dementia. That's that's one of the ways that it's almost it's word of mouth. You know, I can help with. And and uh, I see people with dementia and Parkinson. Every everybody.
0: It, it, why um, an independent practice for you? I mean, what what? How does that your independent practice enable you to serve patients better than when you were in a hospital?
1: My time is my own.
0: Well, that's a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real good reason.
1: I can spend ninety minutes with a patient.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: You know, and that's my choice. Yeah. That's not an administrator's choice. An mm-hmm. administrator would never let me do that. That's not, it's not um, focused on uh, making money.
0: hmm
1: and, and I do take insurance, you know, and the Medicare Advantage plans, etc. cetera. But um, medical care run by hospitals is a volume-based business. Mm-hmm. You can't do this on a volume mm-hmm. basis,
0: right? So uh, you mentioned insurance. I was going to get to how how you get paid. How people can, uh, it, uh, you know, is this a luxury for people? Can people? How do people uh, I take, access your services?
1: I uh, I'm in the process of getting on most of the insurance panels. Okay, I'm um, on Medicare. Um, several of the Medicaid panels, Mm -hmm. um, Medicare advantage, blue cross, blue shield anthem Mm -hmm. is Medicare advantage. I think I'm also going to be on Cigna. I haven't opened that email that came this morning. Um, and then I'm on, um, the regular medical insurance for Mm -hmm. those under 65. Got it. And it. And they're listed on my website, what I'm on and what I'm not. Okay. But it's a, it's a work in progress,
0: and uh that website we'll get to this again, folks, but that website is lanier dot com right yes okay awesome so um allison let's talk about that circumstance where we were talk- we we're talking about the relationship you have with the with the um that medical professional that specialist um what happens when among those specialists, and this is what happens with a lot of folks, right? They have different specialists, and sometimes those specialists are not talking to each other. Maybe all the time they're not talking to each other. I don't know, but, but um, situations I've seen personally seems like it's that way sometimes. Um, what happens when you're getting different messages from different specialists,
1: Usually there's one specialist that's really, like, if it's a heart problem, it's the cardiologist that's really the key in what's going on. And cardiology and nephrology, those two organs, the kidneys and the heart, Mm -hmm. are balanced and often don't agree. Ah. Uh, It's a very difficult balance. But what what I do in those situations is... I call each specialist mm-hmm. and I tell them what the other ones are thinking and come up with, it's kind of like I'm the uh, person organizing. Well, what, what is our overall goal? Mm-hmm. And this is the patient's goals. How are we going to fit with the patient's goals? Mm. Cause in the end it's what the patient wants. Right. And, uh, and I'm the one that communicates that sometimes the best to people cuz patients don't know they can mm. or are afraid to um and and I can I can let them know.
0: Yeah, there's there's a certain generation and maybe it's not generational but there's a, a lot of folks just don't feel comfortable um I won't say talking back but <laughs> <laughs> being right. being aggressive in asking questions of their doctor, right, right. Uh, or or disagreeing in some way,
1: right, or they don't know that they have a choice. Mm. Uh, when I was doing my palliative medicine fellowship, I was taking care of somebody, uh, an older guy with um, lung cancer, and he was in an inpatient hospice. And the one thing he said to me is, nobody ever told me I could say no. Mm that was 20 years ago i still remember it mm. I'm like whoa mm. and that's probably the case though hopefully not as much so now as it was back in 2003 but um i i think that i think that medicine as a whole is getting a little bit better mm-hmm. at um, helping people make choices but there's holes
0: What is the difference between? I'm asking this question because I can imagine some folks might be thinking this is what, just based on what the term palliative, what's the difference between palliative medical care and
1: hospice? The way I explain it is all of hospice is palliative care, which is comfort based care. Mm -hmm. Not all of palliative care is hospice. You can, um, access palliative care services at the time of diagnosis, particularly for um, the metastatic cancer patients. At the time of diagnosis, you know, you may have a prognosis of five years, mm. but you're going to need help coping during those five years. Right. Uh, and the um, American Society of Oncology recommends that those patients are seen. At the time of diagnosis, mm.
0: so the, the the services you offer it's not just for individuals where they've got some limited expected time to live. Right,
1: hospices for those patients that have six months uh, or less prognosis. Mm-hmm.
0: Got it. Um. So let's talk about. Oh, you talked about the the 90 minute conversation that occurs time into that a little more as to someone that's interested in engaging with you, uh, um, interested in um, learning more about you and your work and and as, and how you might be helpful in their own condition, um, how that conversation unfolds. Well,
1: well, after we check, check in, Mm -hmm. um, My first question is, how can I help? What's important to you? Why, you know? And I let them talk. And they'll tell me a story Mm -hmm. about when they were diagnosed. So today or just, you know, in the last week, whatever they want to. But um, I actually close my computer and sit. And I have a, a notebook and I take notes. But my goal is to understand where they are, what their goals are, how can I help, and kind of map out a plan of care so that we can both work together. Mm -hmm.
0: Got it. Well, let's talk about a a story which illustrates, a patient story which illustrates the great work you do, and obviously we're not going to mention names, but just if you can put some definition on the situation itself, but that, that would help people illustrate what a um, meaningful outcome it is, the meaningful outcomes that you bring patients.
1: Okay. Uh, one that um, is from years ago, uh, it was a uh, young mother with uh, three teenagers and metastatic um, cervical cancer. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to continue treatment, but the pain was uncontrolled. And her goal was to see her son play football and her daughter cheerlead in the high school game. Mm. But she couldn't get out of the house because of the pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the course of about, and I mean, it's not immediate all the time, but over the course of about a, a week or two, we got the pain controlled and she was able to go to the games. Mm-hmm. And that was huge for her because she was dealing with something that was ultimately going to take her life. And her goal was to get to those games Mm -hmm. and see her kids. Mm. And we were able to control her pain so that she could do that.
0: Mm. Wow. Um, You probably got hundreds of those stories. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's, that's where the value goes way beyond, uh, Symptom management, I guess that sounds so clinical, but it's, it does. yeah, right. But that's really what you're talking about at the end of the day, something that's real and has high value to, to that person. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What are their goals? How can I make it happen? Yeah. Wow. And that's, that's what I'm there to do.
0: Yeah. Wow. Dr. Allison zvodny folks, she is with Lanier supportive medicine. That's her own practice. Um, Allison, wow, this has been great. Um, I can't imagine there are some folks that might want to know more about you and your work and maybe have a conversation with you about their own situation or a loved one. So let's give them directions on how to find you.
1: Well, you can find me at supportive uh and that will give you a photo. Um, and the office number is 404-576-8229. And an email is... A Zavadny at LinearSupportiveMedicine.com. dot com.
0: Terrific, Doctor Allison Zavadny, Linear Supportive Medicine. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Hey, folks, just a quick thought for you. If you've got dysfunction in your back office, if you if your bookkeeping involves a a um, shoebox and a bunch of receipts, or if you've got administrative tasks that you're spending way too much time on and you really need help with, um consider the folks at Office Angels. OfficeAngels.us is the website. They have a whole team of angels that are experts in the work that they do and they fly in, get that work done and they fly out and they do it on on an ongoing or as needed basis. And they really are angels and I know that from my own experience because I work with them myself in my business. I couldn't run my business without them. Um, So give them a call, uh, 678 two eight zero five zero zero and let them know we sent you and what you will find if you uh give them a call is uh you'll explain your problem and what you're, you're looking for and if they can't help you they'll let you know that but my guess is they'll probably be able to help you run your business more effectively and take a lot of stress off you as a business owner and folks just a quick reminder that uh Uh, If you're a regular listener to this show, you know I've got a book coming out. It's called The Price and Value Journey, Raising Your Confidence, Your Value, and Your Prices Using the Generosity Mindset Method. Uh, That book will be out later this year, 2023. And if you'd like to know more, go to pricevaluejourney.com where you can sign up for updates. You can also get more information on the podcast of the same name and i'm grateful for your support there i'm also grateful for your support on the way you support this show you have shared the show when uh you've heard guests that uh, uh you know of others that they need you need to hear about they need to hear about their services and uh, you've you continue to share the show with uh, and support the great work of business leaders like Allison that we've had on the show over these past 7 plus years it's your support that makes us successful, and I am grateful to you for that. So thank you, uh, dear listeners. We appreciate you. So for my guest, Dr. Allison Zavadny, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.